I've written extensively as a, when I was a law professor. Been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Here's a story that you told at least three times about Nelson Mandela. Take a look. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. I guess the question is, were you confused or were you just trying to embellish a story? They think I'm kidding, man. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested anyway. But I am a hard coal miner. Anthracite coal, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hell, I might be president now if it weren't for the fact I said my, uh, I had an uncle who was a coal miner. Turned out I didn't have anybody in the coal mines, you know what I mean? Really? I tried that crap, you know. My dad was not a, was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great-grandpa was, but... I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, uh, awesome. And so I know a little bit about driving big trucks. No, that's great. But, um... I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is April 19th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. If you haven't joined us over on Locals yet, rubinreport.locals.com. We do a live post-game show every day. I answer your questions. You can correct me on errors or other critical things that I might have missed or mumbled through, much like Joe Biden. And it's a good time for all. And you support us and keep us independent and all that good stuff. Uh, it is a Ruben Report first today because that little video that we just showed you right there, that compilation, that's only half of it. But I felt we couldn't do like a two and a half minute cold open. So we split it. And today's cold close will just be an extension of the cold open. That has never happened before in the history of the Ruben Report. But we're keeping you on your toes. Uh, and today's theme, I like this show today. I usually like the show, but I, I really like the theme uh, today. It's basically what the high hell's going on here. We seem to be having physical and spiritual problems. I mean physical problems in that our cities are rotting, and I mean spiritual problems in that our culture is melting. Uh, there are reasons for it. I think a whole bunch of us see it, a whole bunch of us are concerned about it, and I think it is finally time for a whole bunch of us to do something about it. That is what we will be unpacking, as the kids say today. Uh, and before we do it, let me talk to you guys about Ramp real quick. Do you feel like your finance software isn't cutting it? Do you want the latest and greatest in financial software to simply spend, help you save time and keep you from getting trapped in busy work? Check out Ramp. Ramp is the corporate card and expense management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into company spend. With Ramp, you're able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Ramp's accounting software automatically collects receipts and categorizes your expenses in real time so you don't have to. You'll never have to chase down a receipt again and your employees will no longer spend hours submitting expense reports. This, the time you'll save each month on employee expenses will allow you to close your books eight times faster. Ramp saves you money. Businesses that use Ramp save an average of 3.5% in the first year and now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash Ruben. That's ramp, R-A-M-P.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Here we go. Let's start 
with the culture stuff, right? So one of the things I've been doing for a while on this show is we do we do the hardcore politics. What's going on with whoever wants to be president? What's happening on the Capitol? All of the nitty gritty racehorse politics stuff. But as Andrew Breitbart said, and has now become, a, I would say, a, a verbal meme, uh, politics is downstream from culture. You can't win the political wars if you've lost the culture, meaning people will not even understand what the real issues are. You will basically be trying to swim yourself out of the La Brea tar pits while you're always sinking uh, because you've lost the culture. You have nothing to stand on to actually fight the political wars properly. So let's do a little culture uh, first, uh, my buddy Adam Sosnick, who is one of the hosts over at the Patrick Bet David podcast, uh, he talks a lot about money, but he also talks a lot about dating. And uh, he did a video a couple days ago talking about how so many women right now uh, seem to be entering their 30s and 40s unmarried and unhappy. Uh, well, Chelsea Handler uh, caught wind of that. And you know Chelsea Handler. She is a quote-unquote comedian. Mostly she seems to me to be some sort of alcoholic looking for attention. But in any event, uh, she saw the video of Adam talking about, with stats and actual factual information, how women are less married in their 30s and 40s. They're not having kids as much. And it's leading to a mental health crisis and a happiness crisis and a purpose crisis. I mean, this is a lot of Jordan Peterson style stuff. Anyway, Chelsea saw the video of Adam and she put uh, this thing together. I believe this is on the TikTok. Is it on the TikTok? Yeah, on the TikTok. 45% of working women ages 25 to 45 by 2030 will be non-married, no kids, single. I'll tell you what's wrong with that, nothing. I usually don't do things like this, but when I have to listen to men talk like that, I have no choice but to sedate myself with drugs and alcohol. Lately, I've been loud and proud about my status as a single, unmarried, childless, wild woman. And apparently some men cannot handle that. Every time I go on Instagram, I stumble upon SDE morons like this guy pontificating about how unhappy women like me must be. If you think that you're going to be 45 years old, no kids, not married, and that you're going to genuinely be fulfilled in life because you made money, best of luck to you, honey. Right. No, best of luck to you, honey. I'm sorry, but if the child-free joyride I'm on triggers you, here's a hint. If you need daily alpha content to remind you to be alpha, you might not be an alpha. Take it from an alpha. And the truth is, studies show that single women live longer and are happier. You want to know why? Because they wake up every day and they don't have to listen to dipshits like you. Anyway, I have to go because my single unmarried is about to perform at my sold out comedy show. I'd invite you, but there are no tickets left. <laughs> Bye. Man, it's so interesting because there, there's really a lot here. Uh, first off, Adam's going into some actual numbers on this stuff, and we're going to give you some more numbers on this related to depression and a bunch more. Uh, but what he, what he says there is if you want to have a genuinely, be genuinely fulfilled in life. And the question there for Chelsea, and, and by the way, I don't mean this in a, in a purely judgmental sense. I truly don't. Everyone is an individual, and there are people, there absolutely are people who, who are outside of the norm, right? So if 90% of people, let's say, uh, want the same things, like fundamentally actually want the same things to find a partner that makes them happy and be fulfilled and hopefully have a family and experience all of those things, that's probably what 90% of the people actually want if you could just sort of parse it down. 
Uh, but of course there are people on the margins who can be fulfilled in other ways, right? You might find someone who is the most brilliant artist or musician or whatever that, can, that puts literally everything into their life, uh, into that art or, or work or whatever it is, and somehow can create a community around that and be fulfilled in every possible way. But those are margin cases for sure. So it's interesting because Adam's talking about genuine fulfillment. And then you have Chelsea Handler, and I get it, she's trying to be funny, but pouring vodka in the middle of the day, talking about how, how she has a sold out show. So yes, her ego will be fed as people applaud for her. And I say that with all due irony. I like doing shows where I get on stage and people laugh and people applaud and all of those things. Um, but the truth is, is that leading her and to not make, really make it about her, is that leading the average woman? And I think this is more for women. Men, men can be distracted in all sorts of ways, but I think it is also for men, uh, finding someone that you love, that you want to build a family with and a home with and, and expand that to a community. Like we all know that is fundamentally right and, and true and the most important thing that there is. So, so there's this weird disconnect where she's like, I don't have to pay attention to people like you because I'm rich and people love me, but she is paying attention to people like them. Uh, Patrick Bet David, who is uh, Sosnick's on his uh, show every day, uh, said this on Twitter. I thought this was quite good. Childless women are 46% more likely to report higher depression compared to mothers. Some are childless by choice. Some can't get pregnant. People who try so hard to appear happy on the outside are typically in a lot of pain. She's trying real hard. Now that's obviously in reference to, to Chelsea Handler. Again, again, everyone has every right to make every choice for themselves. I am not trying to, uh, to tell anyone to live any way that they don't want to, but there are themes. There are basic truths that we all know to be true. And I think part of the reason we're so screwed up culturally and politically and everything else is everything that we knew to be true 20 years ago seems to be up for debate today. And if you think at the end of the day, it would be better for society to have more alcoholic, ego-chasing 45-year-old women uh, than women who say want to raise a family and, and be a good spouse. And hopefully the, the, the male is a good spouse too. Or if it's two men, that's okay with me too. Or two chicks or whatever it is. But the basic structure is, the, is, is obvious and true. Uh, but let's shift a little bit because that's just where I wanted to start today because uh, that's the adult portion of this, right? Uh, but there's a kid's portion of this that we are seeing. The left has been coming after kids and the genital stuff and the gender stuff and all of that. So they're, they're coming after adulthood in a way, right? You see, you see someone like Chelsea trying to, this is what culture is promoting. You should just do whatever you want. You should drink all day and chase whatever you want and don't get married or get married much later or only have one kid, blah, 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 blah. As if any of these things leave you fulfilled. So they're coming for the kids and now they are also coming for the adults and this is a problem. But speaking of the kids, uh, because we cannot do a show without some crazed Democrat somewhere literally coming for children's body parts. Uh, this, is, this is rather wild. Here is Democrat Representative Zoe Zephyr uh, of Montana, who apparently happens to be trans, uh, telling other representatives, well, I'm not gonna lead it too much, uh, but basically they passed a bill that would stop minor sex surgery and uh, she or he is not very happy about it. And the only thing I will say is if I, if you vote yes on this bill, 
And yes, on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. The blood on your hands. Now, I don't know if uh, Zoe Zephyr knows what irony is, uh, but of course the irony there would be if you chop a child's genital off, uh, genitals off, you literally, literally have blood on your hands. Uh, stopping people from doing that, activist doctors, stopping them from doing that to children. Again, we're talking about children. We're not talking about an adult who makes a decision for themselves, a fully formed brain making some decision and then the adult saying, this is how I wish to live my life. This is about children. Uh, so yes, you would have blood on your hands if you performed that type of surgery. The person who is stopping it is not the one with blood on their hands, but here we are and it sort of never ends. Now, interestingly, uh, you know, I often talk to you guys about that Florida blueprint, that so much of the good stuff that is happening across the country right now related to a lot of the woke stuff, related to school choice, et cetera, et cetera, is emanating first out of Florida and then translating to other states. So they're pushing that through in Montana right now. And guess what? If you don't like that, if you are a Montana parent who desperately wants your seven-year-old to be on puberty blockers, uh, puberty blockers and have their genitals chopped off, you can move to California. That's the beauty of the federalist system, as you know. But more and more red states are taking the blueprint of Florida and doing something with it. Uh, but here in Florida, it is still being debated. We are, we are actually, well, the debate in essence is over, but you know, the left never lets go of anything. So we have now passed a law that will ban minor sex surgery for children, for children. It is not discriminating against any adult. If you are a trans adult and you live in Florida, you have every right that everyone else has. So that just everything they say is nonsense. You know that. Uh, but Florida House Representative, one of the few Democrats that we have here in Florida, Anna Eskmani, uh, here is asking whether puberty blockers will be available for kids uh, once this new law that Florida has just passed goes through. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. But to be clear, if a doctor recommends puberty blockers or hormone replacement therapy, that is no longer going to be available in the state of Florida, even in clinical trials. Representative Masulo. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Hopefully, if this bill becomes law, yes. Representative Escamani. Yes. So, sorry. In Florida, we are saying enough is enough, right? That's what I keep telling you. All, all you have to do to be a good politician right now, or, or not even a politician, all you have to do to be a good citizen right now is just say no. I will not participate in this lunacy anymore, okay? That's all you have to do right now. That's what DeSantis is doing. And now, because of the supermajority he has, we will not allow for radical lefty pro progressive, progressive doctors uh, to give hormones to children to stop their natural, natural biological processes, and we will not chop their genitals off. This is called good. But she's not very happy about that. Now, if, if, you're, if her name rings a bell, you might remember this. Uh, this is from my event uh, promoted. Uh, this was the last show that we were going to do on the Big Book Tour where Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, joined us in, uh, in Orlando and she arranged a protest. Uh, she wrote, wow, super disappointed to see the Plaza Live hosting an event with DeSantis next week. This is literally one of the most LGBTQ friendly parts of Orlando. And during Pride Month too, Orlandoans deserve better than this culture war BS. Uh, now there's a whole level of irony as it relates to me specifically there, but she basically was calling for the Plaza Live, the venue, to cancel the show with me 
and the governor. Now, of course, they did not do that. We sold out the show. And for those of you that have seen uh, the full event uh, or that were there, uh, they arranged what she did. She protested at the event. So when DeSantis got on stage, they had set it up that they bought a bunch of tickets and they were charging the stage, screaming all sorts of crazy stuff. We didn't let it stop the show. We made plenty of jokes at their expense. Actually, DeSantis dealt with it quite well. Uh, but she is apparently very upset if a gay person talks to the governor publicly, uh, if it's about things that she's not into. Uh, she continued, uh, here is Florida Representative Bernie Jacques asking her if sexually explicit shows are okay for children. Her answer is a little confusing. Do you think sexually explicit shows are appropriate for children? Representative Escamani. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Again, that's not explicit in my amendment. I don't have children. There will be events that I will not bring my children to if I had children, but it's not the government's job to co-parent as many of our Moms for Liberty individuals say all the time. And so I just don't think it's appropriate that I personally set that standard. I, believe it or not, y'all, I can be a prune sometimes. I can be a very conservative person sometimes. Um, but again, it's not me to judge or to set a standard for others. That's not why... I ran for office in the first place. And if we believe in the free state of Florida, we should allow parents to make those decisions, especially since uh, you know, it already works. We already have this standard and nothing terrible has happened. It really is so incredible how, how mind-blowingly ridiculous progressives are. Everything she said there is the reverse of what progressives often say. She's saying it's not her job as a government official to co-parent, but when parents come in to schools and say, oh, we'd rather have our third graders not learn how to give hand jobs, they freak out and they call it book banning, right? These are the people that are completely for government control of everything. Then when he, she is asked directly, well, do you think sexually explicit material for children is okay? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. How would I know about that? I don't even have kids. It is just incredible. And that's the thing. When you, when you understand why they have power, they have power because they have so controlled the cultural apparatus and the corporate media and everything else for so long that their idiotic, really idiotic and backwards ideas infected everything and they never got any pushback on it. That's why they're trying to censor the internet all the time. That's why they're trying to get Fox News canceled and take out every counter voice because the slightest bit of pushback exposes them for the frauds that they are. All he said, everyone knows, you shouldn't be showing sexually explicit material to kids, right? Everyone knows that. that again, this is one of the things, 20 years ago, we did not debate this, it was done. Now they've unearthed this. And her answer is, well, the government isn't supposed to have anything to do with educating your kids. And I don't even have kids in the first place. It is so absolutely bananas. Uh, but let's continue on this thing. Uh, we saw this on, uh, I believe this is on MSNBC, the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. Uh, here is a South Beach. So this is a Miami drag queen. Her name, or, well, no, it's not her. Drag queens for sure. Drag queens are just dudes who dress up like over-the-top women. That's different. Trans is I'm going to do all this stuff to my body and take all these hormones, chop my stuff off, put on new stuff, and live as a woman. Drag queens are different. Drag queens are just guys who dress up like over-the-top, ridiculous, often very scary women. Here is one by the name of Tiffany Fantasia. And he, he doesn't care for kids that much, so I guess that's nice. 
Deja, I mean, listen, this is a very big deal to have you here this morning. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. The state bill, it's 1438. Let's mm -hmm. talk about what it is. It's an anti-drag measure. It passed in the Florida Senate this week. Correct. It would block anyone under the age of 18, even if accompanied by a parent, mm -hmm. from being able to attend a drag show or a parade, which Correct. is absurd. It would seek to pe penalize any venue for violations. Excuse me, violations. We're talking $10,000 fines and possible jail time for a drag show. So what's your reaction to this latest Republican-led attack on LGBTQ community? It is completely absurd and unnecessary. Um, although, at the end of the day, I don't care for kids too much because they steal the show. Uh -huh. But you have the right to bring your child to a drag show. I mean, what type of world are we living in? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what, or I should say, ladies and gentlemen, or miscellaneous, this is what passes as news on MSNBC, finding a random dude who dresses like a woman and then asking them what their feelings are on legislation and having that person basically like, I don't care about kids. It, it, MSNBC is a clown show. Okay, that's fine. You get it. I mean, in that case, literally looks like a clown show. I mean, Jesus, with the makeup lady, dude, whatever. Um, look, whether a parent... Uh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I believe a parent should have autonomy over what their children is seeing and learning and everything else. Maybe I'm feeling this topic specifically uh, passionately uh, because I have two kids downstairs. And these kids, it is so obvious to me that when you look in these kids' eyes, that it is your responsibility as a parent to make sure they aren't infected with, with backwards nonsense lies. And it is a lie to say if you are born biologically male that you actually are a woman. It is a lie to say if you are born biologically female that you are actually a man. And it is nobody else's, certainly no state worker's responsibility to talk to those kids about things that, have, that, that they have no right to talk to them about. But again, it's being pushed and pushed and pushed and you go, okay, well, that's just cultural nonsense and nobody cares what drag queens think and that's just one trans legislator in Montana, blah, blah, blah. But it works its way all the way up through the culture. Well, it's both ways, I think. In some ways you can argue it works all the way up and in some ways you can work, it works all the way down. But it works its way through the system one way or another and then it affects our politicians who then push policies on us that nobody wants. So as Governor DeSantis here in Florida has taken away Disney's special rights, you guys know it, that's all he did. He did not punish them undeservingly. He's not treating them like, like less than. All he did was take away special rights. I thought everybody was for equality, right? Uh, but as he has done that, the left is freaking out. So you remember Hillary Clinton? Does anyone remember this woman? She, she like ran for president or something. She was senator of New York, secretary of state, married to Bill Clinton. I'm pretty sure Bill Clinton did not have sex, sexual relations with that woman. Anyway, here's Hillary yesterday. As Republicans declare war on Disney, I know whose side I'm on. Now, I did respond to that tweet and I asked where Bill's other hand is because Daff, uh, Daffy, Donald, <laughs> sorry, Donald, um, but it's so like, this is just ridiculous. This is just what they do. And you know, it gets all the thousands of retweets and everything. It's just meaningless drivel. No, wait, put the picture back for a second, because it's funny to watch this picture. Like as Republicans declare a war on Disney, what you're looking at there in Bill Clinton, I Bill, Bill, Bill Clinton has been accused of rape by about a dozen women. He once took an intern 
at the White House in the Oval Office, Monica Lewinsky, she sat on his lap while he stuck a cigar in her while he was on the phone with Trent Lott. I'm sorry, guys, it's early, but this is a fact. And uh, and that's who she's standing there with. But it's Republicans who are the bad guys. He's he's such a family man. Look at him with little Chelsea there and everything else. Uh, but she, as, as Republicans, declare war on Disney. So what are you actually saying? Okay, you come back. What are you actually saying there, Hillary? You are for certain corporations getting special benefits. You think that Disney should have its own police force and it should have its own special tax breaks that for some reason SeaWorld World and Universal Studios don't get. All he did was level the playing field, but you're seeing what Democrats actually are. And what they are, are the people who are for corporate welfare when it's the corporations pushing the nonsensical ideas that they want. Hillary and the lefties, they need Disney to push all of this crazy psychosis on everybody because it's the policies that they want to push forth so that they can control more minds and bodies. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not, unfortunately, just left-wingers coming after DeSantis, coming after true equality and all of these things. It's a bunch of weaklings and, and patsies on the right as well. So check this out. This is former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Now, I think for the most part, I've, I've always liked Chris Christie. I thought he was a decent guy when he was running for president. I thought he, he would have been a decent candidate. Uh, probably could use a, use a little uh, Weight Watchers or something, but okay, fine. Uh, but here he is going after DeSantis because DeSantis took out Disney's special privileges, which I thought, again, was what we would all want. Everybody should be treated equally, but apparently not to some Republicans. I don't think Ron DeSantis is a conservative based on his actions towards Disney. I mean, you know, where are we headed here now on that... If you express disagreement in this country, the government is allowed to punish you. To me, that's what I always thought liberals did. And now all of a sudden, here we are participating in this with a Republican governor. This is absolutely extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. If this whole battle had happened and Disney had exactly, was treated exactly the same way as SeaWorld and any of these other places, Universal, blah, 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 Gator World, etc., and then DeSantis had started going after them and taking away their equality, meaning punishing them in an extra way. Actually, we're going to levy a special tax on Disney for this, or we're going to charge them more for the land that they're on, or whatever it might be. That would be punitive, right? That would be the problem that Chris Christie is addressing there. But Chris Christie is addressing a problem that does not exist. All, again, DeSantis did until I'm blue in the face was make Disney play the same way with the same rules as everybody else. So what is this, this thing that is happening to, I would say, these patsy, sort of pat-you-on-the-head MSNBC Republicans, right? These are the Romney-like Republicans. They never do anything to conserve anything, uh, but the media kind of likes them, right? The media kind of likes them because they're Republicans who will never win and never accomplish anything. The media hates DeSantis because not only is he winning and accomplishing things, he's also ignoring them, which that's a big problem for them. Um, but you may remember, I've, I've referenced this clip many times. We've shown it to you a couple times. I just want to throw it to you one more time. Uh, Mike Pence, a couple weeks ago, former VP Mike Pence on CNBC, basically saying the same thing that Chris Christie is saying, and it just makes no sense to me. So we, I, I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids. 
under the third grade. But I, I, I have concerns right. about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray. They lost. Uh, but then they, but but then the they idea of going after their taxing authority, right. I, I, you know, I... I that was that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. What are you talking about, Mike Pence? Why does Disney have taxing authority? That's not in the Constitution or in the Bill of Rights. Corporation, corporations shouldn't have special treatment. But you really need to see this, guys. I know we can bash the left all day long, but this brand of person on the right who doesn't understand the basic ideas of conservatism, unless we're all anarchists. I think maybe what Chris Christie is saying is I'm an anarchist. I believe in no laws at any point and the government should never do anything about anything. It sounds like that's what Mike Pence is saying as well. Uh, Brian Griffin, who works uh, for DeSantis, uh, who's a good dude, he had a great, uh, an extended tweet on what this is all about. He was talking about Chris Christie. He, he retweeted the Chris Christie video that we just showed you. And he wrote this. Conservatism is about good and limited government, individual empowerment, and the rule of law. Disney had extraordinary special privileges and an unfair special advantage compared to other businesses in the state. That is not appropriate, especially in light of Disney's threat to work to overturn duly enacted legislation in the state of Florida, legislation that empowered parents to be involved in their child's education, which incidentally, had extraordinary public support. After the Florida legislature then acted to even the playing field, Disney attempted to make a legally deficient 11th hour agreement to preserve their special privileges. That's an attempt to subvert the will of the people of Florida and Governor DeSantis will not stand for that. Good and limited government and indeed principled conservatism reduces spe special privilege, encourages an even playing field for businesses, and upholds the will of the people. In this fight, Governor Ron DeSantis is the champion of the people of Florida. I mean, oh, golf clap for you right there, Brian Griffin. Like that is clear and clean and right and true, right? He is explaining what limited government is, okay? You don't want the government doing everything, but you do want the government making sure that there's an even playing field. He's also saying that there is a difference between conservatism and pure libertarianism, that there are moments that the government is supposed to do something. So I think this is a really important, I know this may feel like a little, you know, Florida insider thing or a little Disney thing or something, but I think it's a really important ideological moment that as we roll into this 2024 thing, we're really going to have to think about. Do you want to keep supporting candidates that will let the left come for virtually everything. And in the moments when they can push back, we'll be like, well, sorry, we can't do anything. We're limited government guys. You know, we can't really do anything. Sure, we can always figure out a way to give Ukraine $100 billion. But you know, when the, when the uh, corporations are coming for your kids and indoctrinating them, and when they're subverting the will of the people who voted a supermajority and a landslide election for the governor, I don't want to touch that. We have to make that decision, guys. And again, I think this gets to why everybody, whether it's MSNBC or Chris Christie or Mike Pence or Donald Trump are attacking DeSantis. He is the one most effective guy doing any of this stuff. And that is the threat. Selling NFTs on Instagram and ranting and raving about election fraud is not the threat. The guy who's actually accomplishing the things that we ask for, that actually is the threat. So how does this left-wing political ideology not only lead us to a decade culture, right? If we're talking about 
uh, all of the, the women, the Chelsea Handler types who are celebrating something that we know is not quite right uh, to the infection of young children's minds and bodies, but also physically to our cities. What is happening in our cities? Well, over the last couple of days, there have been massive, crazy riots in Chicago. Now, you know about Chicago, Chicago, you know, like a dozen or so black people are killed every weekend, but nobody talks about it because the shooters are black and that doesn't really compute for CNN or Washington Post or New York Times or anything else. Uh, and if you do bring it up, they somehow call you racist. Well, Chicago did do one decent thing for about 27 seconds, which was that they got rid of far left lunatic Lori Lightfoot. But then 27 seconds later, they elected an even further left nut job, and they are now in an absolute state of chaos. So first off, here is Lori Lightfoot, now former mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, commenting on the absolute mayhem in Chicago uh, over the last couple of days, although she doesn't quite think it's mayhem. Put out a very specific statement. After a morning event at the Chicago Public Library, outgoing Mayor Lori Lightfoot was asked about the Saturday night chaos downtown that led to two people shot, 15 arrested, traffic disrupted, and the CTA suspending service into the loop. Lightfoot says there's lots of opportunity to redirect young people to safe spaces, but scoffed at one reporter describing what happened as, quote, mayhem. And, and here's the thing, the mass majority of the young people that came downtown came downtown because it was a great um, weather and an opportunity to enjoy the city. That's absolutely entirely appropriate. Um, there are a few that came with different intentions, and they have, they have and they will be dealt with. Um, but I'm not going to um, use your language, which I think is um, wrong, uh, to say that it's mayhem. And I am so sick of these people gaslighting us. You see the videos of hundreds of young people jumping on buses, twerking in cops' faces, breaking windows, rampaging through Walmarts, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to use your language of mayhem. We're just going to get lost in some linguistic nonsense. Enough is enough. First off, I just want to tell you, if you live in Chicago, leave. You must leave. I'm sorry. I know Wrigley Field is cool. I've been there. All right. It's cool. Go there one more time and then get the hell out. You gotta go. Deep dish pizza, frankly, not that great. Let's get you a New York slice, okay? Even in Miami, I would argue the pizza is better than Chicago. I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that one, but the chances that you get shot while getting pizza in Miami, far less than if you were getting pizza, deep dish or otherwise, in Chicago. But they gaslight you, right? She, because of defunding the police and all of the nonsense that she pushed, she was booted out of office. They then elect someone just as bad, if not worse than her. Then immediately you start getting these riots and she's lost in whether we can call it mayhem or not as they're mauling people. I mean, there were some other videos that were quite graphic. Uh, a, a white woman being attacked by about 50 black kids. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, that's not something you're gonna see on CNN tonight. But it's not just Chicago, right? New York City is also in absolute free fall and they're not doing anything about it. Eric Adams, who was brought in because they thought he was gonna be the same guy after communist Bill de Blasio, uh, he has systematically destroyed New York City. Uh, check out the amount of police officers that are leaving now and that they've had to literally lower the standards, the physical and mental standards for people to join the NYPD because no smart young equipped person wants to join the NYPD when the administration is actively working against you. Uh, so the House Judiciary Committee, uh, because Eric Adams isn't doing anything in New York City, they're having hearings about what's going on in New York City. Uh, Eric Adams is not too happy about that. 
why. Let's bring in the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. By the way, what do you think of this field hearing in your city about hmm, crime? <laughs> I think it's the highest level of hypocrisy. Uh, we know that uh, cities all across America are dealing with the issues around public safety, particularly the criminal justice system. And right in the largest city in Ohio, uh, I was reported today in one of the tabloids, uh, the murders are up over 50 percent in the first quarter. And so while crime is going down, homicides are going down here, shooters are going down here, some of the major uh, crimes, you're trending in the right direction. Our subway system, crime is going down. So uh, I think coming here and highlighting uh, D.A. Bragg, it's just really a political stunt. Complete nonsense. Complete nonsense. Now, he is right that homicides have gone slightly down. We covered those numbers over the last couple days uh, because things were so out of control during COVID. So the numbers, all the numbers related to all of these things are slightly skewed. But I would welcome any of you to go to New York City. I don't recommend it. I would welcome you to do it. I don't recommend it. Go to New York City and see how it feels. When I have been back after spending most of my formative years, most of my 20s and 30s in New York City, it is a zombie of a city. No more business people, no more guys in suits wandering around Midtown. It's a whole bunch of people, as I keep saying, either looking for weed or selling weed or looking for somebody to buy weed from or something, something. That's basically what's going on in New York City. You cannot, how could, imagine, Imagine if you were, uh, uh, you, 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 you sold t-shirts, just anything. You were just like, you know what? I'm going to open a brick and mortar store in New York City, whether it's down in Soho or on the Upper East Side or in Midtown. I'm going to open up a store with a nice big window up front, show off my great t-shirts. First off, because of taxes and regulation, you just never do it in New York City. It's almost impossible to open a business. But also, you know, at any moment, mobs can just rampage through and nobody is going to do anything to stop them. Also, this idea that just because homicides went down a tiny bit, that that's an indication of anything is really not true. There are other things. You know, I did the Patrick Bet David uh, podcast, the live podcast with Rudy Giuliani a couple weeks ago. One of the things that Rudy talked about is when the, the city was in free fall, when he came in, in the 90s, after four years of far left Democrat, progressive David Dinkins being in charge and the city was just, Times Square was just prostitutes everywhere, drugs everywhere, blah, blah, blah. The first thing that he did was clean up the basic crimes. The guys that would, if you were driving in the bridge and tunnel people, you're coming in from Long Island, you're coming in from New Jersey, Westchester, et cetera. You'd get on the other side of the bridge, like the Midtown Tunnel, for example, coming in from Long Island. And there used to be all these guys, these panhandlers out there begging you for money or guys that would take wet newspapers to try to wash your window with dirty water so that you'd give them a dime. He got rid of all of them immediately because he wanted people from outside of the city to come in and not immediately be assaulted. And then that started allowing more people to come in. Then he started cleaning up, cleaning up Times Square. So the Disneyification of Times Square that you now know, which was good for a while and putting aside all the other Disney stuff, it got rid of all the prostitutes and the sex shops, blah, blah, blah. And then you had a functioning 20 year run between Giuliani and Mike Bloomberg, where New York City was absolutely flourishing, and it was not what Bill de Blasio and Eric Adams have done to New York. Uh, but, it, but the point is that it's not just about, oh, our, our, our homicides went down one or 2%. That's not really it. It's not that the average person is necessarily worried if they're uh, gonna be murdered on the street, although they should be. It's how many homeless people are out there. What's the general state of mayhem that is allowed and the decay and all of those things and just garbage cans overflowed and, and all of those things. And, and then I'll move on, 
the fact that so many people who were good functioning, decent citizens, paying taxes and everything else and bringing good culture to the city and going to Lincoln Center and going to shows and all of those things, they've left. So you got a problem on your hand. And guess what, guys? This, is, this was the point of all of this. Even some longtime Democrats are realizing it. Here is Democrat City Councilman Robert Holden talking about how bad it has gotten in New York. 71 years I've lived in New York City. I've seen bad times, high crime, 2,000 murders a year in the 80s. I've not seen the lawlessness that I'm seeing today in New York City in my lifetime. That means we're afraid to go anywhere. Guys, he's a Democrat, 71 years in New York City, a Democrat. I've never seen it like this. So which, do you think he's just a liar? Like, is he just absolutely lying? Are the videos that you see all the time, are they just fabricated nonsense? Or is it that Eric Adams is lying, right? Like, which one is it? You just have to pick one. And I think you guys know which one probably is true. And you know, it's probably true because of the policies that uh, DAs, district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, who's going after Donald Trump in a, in a I would argue, a criminal fashion, uh, he refuses to prosecute real criminals. Here's uh, Representative Jim Jordan talking about that. I mean, think about this fact. 327 individuals have done 6,000 of the theft crimes in this city. Yeah. I mean, they call them theft crimes. We used to call it stealing, <laughs> taking other people's property. So 300 and some people, 327 people, 6,000, that's, that's 20 arrests, but that's 20 times that each of these individuals have done this on average. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe lock them up after the first or the second or maybe the 19th time so they don't do it the 20th time. But that's what's going on here and in cities all over the country. And it's why, what was the set I think I saw on, on, on your show last week where it said, like 27% of New Yorkers want to move out of the state. They want to move out of here. And it's driven by this crime factor. So Jim Jordan is painting this problem with a really simple paintbrush. guys. A small minority of people are responsible for a huge majority of the crime. How about we get them? But the problem is that the left actually believes Eric Adams, all of these people, Lori Lightfoot, et cetera, et cetera, They believe that the criminals aren't the problem. And I really believe that. They believe that the system is the problem. The criminal is just a symptom. It's the system of capitalism and the patriarchy and blah, 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 that lead these people to maul people on the streets and push Asian women into subways and burn down pep boys and loot targets and everything else. So they they actually have more sympathy for the criminal than they have for the victims of their criminal behavior. So the question is, what does the left believe the root cause is, right? What, what do they actually think it is? This, this decay, not only of our minds related to gender and what actually makes us fulfilled, like family, that sort of thing, uh, but also to the decay in our cities. Uh, well, they are always distracted by other nonsense, which is why they can't get to those simple answers that I'm laying out here. So what else, while his city is in free fall, what else is Eric Adams declaring war on? How about food? One in every five metric tons of carbon dioxide our city emits comes from food. But all food is not created equal. The vast majority of food uh, that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. We already know that a plant-powered diet is better for your physical and mental health, and I am living proof of that. 
But the reality is that thanks to this new inventory, we're finding out it is better for the planet. Screw you, Eric Adams. Even if everything you said there is true, which none of it is true, right? None of it is true. But even if it was, you have no right to tell people what they are allowed to eat. I love meat and I will continue to eat meat. And I live in the free state of Florida and you have nothing to do with my life, thankfully. But again, if you live in New York, if you live in any of these places, do you not see the writing on the wall? They are coming for what you can eat and they're also coming for how you can cook it. Gas stoves, there is nothing that you have that they will not come for, okay? There is also no evidence that a plant-based diet is more healthy, right? There are plenty of, there's actually plenty of evidence that carnivore-based diets are more healthy or paleo diets are more healthy or a whole bunch more. But again, you have a right to eat all of the bad crap that you want. It is your God-given right to live your life as you see fit, but they don't believe that. They don't believe that any of the basics of this country are true, that autonomy means anything, that individual rights mean anything. So one day in New York City, they will just have mobs of stone zombies rampaging through everything. They will, they will be going up to the Upper East Side and pulling people out by their hair from their luxury condos because they are eating steak. They'll be doing it like gangs of New York and well, I'll be here in Florida, so I guess it'll be okay. Again, get out of New York if you're there. So what else, of course, besides meat and dairy, as you eat bugs, what else is the root cause of the decay of our cities? Well, obviously it's racism, right? It's gotta be, right? It can't just be meat and dairy that are causing the problems. You gotta sprinkle in a little racism on top, like salt and pepper. Here's Gabe Pete, our transportation secretary, who was completely unqualified for the job, except that he happened to be married to a man. That seems like you might know more about roads. Why, huh? Uh, here's Gabe Pete talking about how roadway fatalities are uh, racist. We've got a crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America. We lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence. And we see a lot of racial disparities, black and brown Americans, tribal citizens and rural residents much more likely to lose their lives, whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car. There are a lot of reasons uh, related to discrimination, related to uh, the, even the ways that roads are designed and built. Who has access to uh, a safe street design that's got crosswalks and good lighting? Who doesn't have that access? That can drive disparities. And we have a, a responsibility to act on that. First off, what the hell is happening to Al Sharpton? His head is shrinking like in Beetlejuice at the end. What is going on there? You know, I know he was, used to be big and fat, but something about the shrinkage of it, his whole body shrunk, but now the head is, all right, fine. Uh, Pete, yes, our roads are racist. There is a disparity in the amount of black people and tribal citizens, that's a new one, tribal citizens who are getting hit by cars or something. You know, also there are cultural reasons that people behave differently. There, It might be, I'm just tossing this out there because they whittle everything down to racism in like, oh, there must be a white guy trying to plow down a whole bunch of black people in a car. And that somehow, you know, is the thing that we should be focusing on. You know, cultures all act differently. Some people wear seatbelts. It's, it's taught more in certain communities. I'm not even saying that specifically with all this, but like every, they just whittle everything down to the dumbest possible lowest common denominator that it is racist. And really in essence, what he's saying is he wants equity in death. And what that really means is you, if you think this guy can fix anything, 
you're a fool. I mean, Pete Buttigieg has never accomplished anything other than using his Democrat privilege, failing at things and moving all the way up. That's what he's really good at, okay? Uh, but if you think they can fix anything, they can't. And not only that, equity and death. When, so when he's saying, well, black and brown, brown people, and what was it, tribal citizens, uh, they are affected by this more. What he really means is we need more white people to die. Because if then we had, at least we had the equity of death, or at least more white people were being hit by cars or wearing less seatbelts, then apparently he would be happy. I know that sounds a little nuts, but that really is the truth. If he got a report, think about it, when he gets these reports and he looks at these reports and they say, well, you know, it does turn out that more black and brown people were hit by cars this month. His initial thing is, oh, the roads are racist, right? But if he got a report and the report said, you know, you're not going to believe this, gay Pete, but it turns out that we got 33% black and brown people killed by hit by cars, 33% tribal citizens, and 33% uh, white people. Well, I guess by his own logic, he'd be like, all right, that's pretty good. You guys want to go on vacation? Guys, so what do we say? What do we do to fix this cultural and physical decay in our society? Well, you know. You know because you're a, you're a wise, wise person. You watch the Rubin Report. You know what you do? You tell the truth about what's going on. You don't let them just lie over and over without being called out and mocked. And you fight for the things that are right and just and are true and the things that we always knew to be true, like autonomy over your own life and body, like the importance of family and community and things like that. The, and also call out the never-ending desire for these people to have every bit of control over your body. Uh, this is really good. So this is uh, a black activist, I would say an activist who happens to be black by the name of Bob Woodson on the Dr. Phil show talking about what has happened in the black community and how it relates to basically everything we're talking about here today. If you dissect it, you will find there were about 3,700 free blacks who owned 12,000 slaves, black slaves. The question is, do the descendants of those free blacks who owned black slaves, do they pay? Blacks really uh, benefited more the first 100 years after slavery than we have in the last 50 years. I was born in 1937 during the Depression. Everyone in my small, low-income black community 98% of the households had a man and a woman raising children. Elderly people could walk safely in that community without fear of being assaulted by their grandchildren. Never heard a gunfire during that time. Never heard of a child being uh, shot to death in the crib. But there are 50 children today who have been shot and killed in our cities. If you talk, you're talking about remedies, we've got to look beyond of saying that, that every solution has to have a, a, a winner and a loser, that blacks can only benefit if whites lose. We have to be defined more than just victims of oppression. What makes more sense? What, what that man is saying or what you hear out of Lori Lightfoot or Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden or Chelsea Handler or any of these people, right? Because these things, again, they are all connected. The, the Chelsea Handler, I, I am just going to be this person who exists in perpetual childhood. That will lead to a society that would give us all of these problems. These things are not disconnected. So who is making more sense there, right? And what do I always say about the, the ability when you are telling the truth, you don't have to be genuflecting 
and screaming and throwing things all over the place. You can actually do it quite clearly, like Bob Woodson said right there. You know, it's interesting when he mentioned the last 50 years, how much worse it's gotten. You know, that basically is since affirmative action. That is since these giant government programs and handouts that have disproportionately affected the black family. So the rates of divorce in black families were significantly lower than whites before all of these programs. Then they incentivized people to have women to have more and more children out of wedlock because you would get more and more benefits. Do you think that has something to do with what's going on here? And then when you have a whole bunch a, gen, a giant generation that grows up without fathers and proper role models. I mean, you guys get it. This is Larry Elder stuff. This is Thomas Sowell stuff, et cetera. Uh, so look, what do we do? What do we do? Whether you're fighting Chelsea Handler's nonsense, right? Like if you're, if you're watching this right now and you're the mother of a young girl, how do you want your daughter to turn out? Do you want her to be a 50 something year old person who seemingly only cares about ego and alcohol? Uh, or do you want her to grow up to be somebody that maybe will have a family that will hopefully try to be a good member of the community and all of that stuff? And again, I don't really mean to make this specifically about Chelsea Handler. I'm using the idea of what she's talking about, okay? Even though I'm pretty sure she called me racist on Twitter at least once. Um, so what do we do? We have to enact virtue, not vice. And I think we can do it, but it starts with you. Like, you gotta figure out, like, what do you wanna have in this world? One thing that could be good uh, that the left really hates uh, is have a big family, have more kids uh, and show them the path that is, that is kind of good. And that might be good. Here's Scott Galloway on Real Time with Bill Maher talking about just that. Uh, I'm, I'm down with it. And you know what? I want grandkids. I, I think that uh, my advice to any young person is that, um, it, okay, it costs a third of a million dollars to have a kid. We've made it increasingly hard. We've made it expensive for families to have kids. People say they don't want kids. I don't think that's true. I think they can't afford to have them. And my advice to every young person, I know a lot of young people watch this show, is that for me, I did like you, I did not want to have kids. Having kids has been absolutely the best thing I could have done that ruined my life. Have kids. Uh, Scott Galloway is a marketing professor at NYU uh, School of Business, uh, the Stern School of Business. Uh, but he's saying, again, something that we all know to be true. And as long as we're talking about things that are said that we all know to be true, that gives me a fine segue to throw to Jordan Peterson. We talked a little bit about this uh, over a drink we had a couple weeks ago, but what about the couples that have no kids? Couples that just say, you know, we're, we're more interested in our intellectual pursuits or traveling or something. You, you think they're really missing sort of like a key component of, of what life is, right? I do, I really believe that. I mean, I think they don't, I think that kids have a bad rap. That's the problem. And so they're very funny. They're really playful. They really, really like you. And you can have the kind of relationship with them that you set out to have. And so that's very, very interesting. Now, and you can also, like, once I had little kids, I spent a lot more time with them than I did with my friends, say. And the reason for that was that I actually found it more enjoyable to do things with little kids than with the adults. And the reason for that is, like, by the time you're 30, say, you've seen so much of the world that you actually don't see the world anymore. Hmm. And this is technically true. The thing that's cool about having a little kid is, Everywhere you go, because we're so good at putting ourselves in other people's bodies, the kid revitalizes the world and the kid's like, oh, 
I mean, that's what a two-year-old looks like all the time, right? They're just completely awestruck by everything. And you can see that again. And that's really interesting. And that's really interesting. Uh, guys, that's 2017. I had really just, it was in the nascence of my relationship and friendship and camaraderie with Jordan Peterson. It was before we toured. Uh, subsequently, I have two kids. My life is more fulfilled. I heard that message. Also, it somehow made my beard darker. I don't know how that happened. Pretty cool. Um, so there are things that we know to be true. I'm living it now on a daily basis when I'm waking up in the morning. Uh, and I think it's counter to almost everything that is being pushed on us culturally. You got to figure out how you're going to incorporate that into your life so that your life is in order so that you can then hopefully set some of this cultural and political stuff in order. And I just believe we can do it. And it's not all political, uh, but it is all important. That is our show for today. If you have not subscribed yet on Rumble, please jump over there and do it. Our Rumble numbers have been absolutely fantastic. Some of the live streams are now passing YouTube, which is awesome considering, you know, I've been on YouTube for about 10 years and Rumble for about six months. So it's rumble.com slash Ruben Report. If you want to join us right now, we've got a live Q&A and post-game show at rubenreport.locals.com. My full episode with Kat Timpf from Fox News, Greg Gutfeld's sidekick, is up right now. We leave you with the second half of our cold open, Joe Biden just lying about a whole bunch of stuff, and I'll see everybody else uh, in just a minute. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. This is God's truth. My word is a Biden. Uh, he lied to voters, according to the New York Times, uh, quoting aides of, of Biden's, about having marched in the civil rights movement. Advisors had gently reminded Mr. Biden of the problem with this formulation. He had not actually marched during the civil rights movement. And more than once, Mr. Biden assured them that he understood and kept telling the story anyway. That is really, really weird. And I'm not saying I am black, but I want to tell you something. I, I got started out of an HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything negative about Delaware State here, okay? I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. That I uh, quoted Robert Kennedy without uh, attributing it to Robert Kennedy. I should have said, to paraphrase Neil Kinnock, Mr. Biden used five pages of published law review article of a published law review article without quotation or citation. That's precisely right. And I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. to the Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.